one. There are good days to report earnings. There's bad days to report earnings. And there's really bad days to report earnings. It's a bad day to report bad earnings. In RCL's case, good earnings really didn't matter. But we're starting out in the red here. We have a catalyst at 8.30. We have Mark Shaken at 8.15. We got a bunch of earnings reports to cover. It's Thursday on Pre-Market Prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, welcome investors. Here we are, 30 handles in the red at 41.79.75, trading just off the pre-market low. The buck is up 31 cents at 106.66. Ooh, a lot of sixes in there. Bonds, well, I'll consider it an update because they're only down 3.30 seconds at 108 and 10.30 seconds. Crude bouncing around like a yo-yo, down 206 at uh, 83.32. Gold in the green by a buck ten, nineteen ninety six. Silver in the green by a dime at twenty three ten. And Bitcoin, after a couple good days, surely not giving much back. Down one hundred and ninety dollars at thirty four thousand six hundred and fifty. We are got a lot of earnings to go. We're going to bring Dennis in. Dennis, I got one question for you. Yeah. So GDP is coming out at eight thirty. Yeah. You know it's going to be a good number. Probably. So is it going to be like too good of a number and, oh, the economy's too hot and we've got to keep raising rates? Or it's going to be, oh, man, you just can't kill this economy. We're not going into recession. Bye, 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 bye. Um, the funny thing is, as much as we were in the silver lining market two years ago and they always Opposite. found a reason to buy stocks. This is the opposite. So I don't know what the opposite of a silver lining is, but they find a reason to sell stocks. And we are oversold, folks. Like, we've been calling for this sell-off, and we have been absolutely correct about it. We've been talking about this. I started talking about a bear market a month ago. Now there's people starting to talk about a bear market. We've got to, at a certain point in time, say that some stuff is starting to get priced in here. I'm not buying... Microsoft at 32 times earnings. I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is what is happening in the small cap space. There is just assassination of stocks. There are stocks just down 30, 40, 50% in two months. Stocks pricing in like they're never going to sell another uh, product ever again. I mean, I, I don't know if at a certain point in time it's getting overdone. And I'm not saying to go out and you buy the IWM. I'm just saying the time to short stocks is not today. The time to short stocks was three weeks ago, four weeks ago. Now, I'm not saying it's a time to buy yet because I don't want to catch the falling knife and I don't want to be too early on the buys. But I think if you're short, I think it's time to start bringing some stuff in because it's getting to a point where we have priced in a lot of really bad news. Not in the mega caps, not in the Magnificent Seven. I think there's going to be eventually a trade where some of this other stuff bounces. I mean, we talked about Dollar General as an example. I mean, we're starting to see bounces in oversold stocks. DG has held its bounce. Um, it's, you know, obviously a trade down effect. There's lots to talk about there. But I think we've just got to be cautious getting bearish now. Cautious, getting bearish now. Not saying we're covering, not saying I'm buying anything. I'm not calling a turn here yet. But if you're sitting here short stocks, I think you got to look at a certain point in time and say, maybe not on the SPY, but on certain stocks like that have fallen 30, 40, 50%. I mean, the airlines, relentless sellers. They just go down every day. Oh, I know. You know there, there's so many stocks that look like this, though. 
Like you bring up anything that's basically outside of technology. Can I and give you something? Like Can I give yeah. you something to take a look at here? Because remember, we had Josh do that article about you know looking for stocks, mm -hmm. you know potentially to buy, and he did this article here on premarketprep.com, and he did it. He did a great job here about the consumer staples and Berkshire Holdings. Now we know Warren bought some more stuff, and we brought this stock to his attention. And the stock that we brought to his attention, the stock that he put in his article was General Mills. You should go to premarketprep.com. This is an excellent article uh, that uh, Josh did at the editor over at yeah. premarketprep.com. Look at the – now, he wrote this a couple of weeks ago. And I remember you – and the reason I, I got the idea from you, Dennis, you were like, General Mills, 90 to 60, Ozempic. No one's going to eat cereal. Everyone's going to stop eating food. And – you know, at least you've distanced yourself from the October low here a little bit. I don't know if yeah. it's just another another dead cat bounce, but you know, if you're combing the ditches for stuff, that is an excellent article. And I was hoping Warren was going to buy it, but instead he bought Oxy. But he only um, buys Oxy. He only buys Oxy. Little side tangent there. Mitch is in the background. He's ready Great to go. Conversation. We need money, Mitch's thoughts as well, because it's an important conversation. We're going to get um, Mark Chaikin coming on at 8. The heat is on. We don't talk sports on this show. We hate sports on this show. <laughs> oh, the All of our teams suck game. again. The well, the heat is on the market, man. That's what really is happening what he here. Had. You like that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah okay. the heat well, is we'll, on We'll give market. it away. We're ignoring the sports part of that shirt, and we'll just take the heat part of that <laughs> shirt, because this market is taking heat here. But yeah. This market is just selling everything. And maybe we shouldn't even start with Meta because Meta was a yo-yo and we could get to that after Mark. Maybe we'll mm -hmm. keep going with the macro talk here. But I want to tie RCL in because okay. it's such oh, a good yeah. example yeah. of what is happening in this current market. This market has full-on just turned like we sell stocks no matter what. We sell rips no matter what. And it's starting to become too easy for the bears. It's starting to become too easy. And the reason I say that is because every rip is getting sold. Money Mitch, go into this RCL quarter, yeah. give us the fundies, and then I want to talk to you about the trading action in this. Let's take a look here. Royal Caribbean Q3 adjusted EPS at $3.85 beats the $3.46 estimate. Revenues at $4.2 billion beats the $4.076 billion estimate. They did say that they would have some impact on their EPS from the conflict in the Middle East, only about $0.03 cents on the EPS. Royal Caribbean expected fiscal year net yields to increase from 12.9% to 13.4% in constant currency versus 2019. And they did see fiscal year 23 adjusted EPS at $6.58 to $6.63. So at least the report all looking good here. And I think you caught a lot of the earnings talk also, Dennis. What did you see on this Royal Caribbean report? Just reading the commentary from, um, you know, from obviously the, the conference. Well, I don't know if that's the conference call, but I was reading market commentary that people were posting what was being said. And so interesting. They're talking about, um, you know, that the consumer is very strong, robust, you know, all the big words you want to see. They're talking about accelerating demand in 2024. I'm not kidding you. That is in there. Accelerating <laughs> demand in 2024. And everything you see here, they blow the numbers away. They raise guidance. Talk about a robust consumer and accelerating demand in 2024. And the stock pops initially. Bring up the RCL chart, Joel, because you're showing the wrong run. We're not talking Carnival. We're talking oh, Royal Caribbean. To, I know. I wanted to. I, I like Go back to RCL. We pop over. How high did we get here? 80, how over high did we 86 get? bucks. 86. Over $86. So we popped, rightfully so, on this report in a normal market. This stock would rip on this. This would be up 7 8% in a normal market. It's better than the July quarter. This looks better than the July quarter when they went from 100 to 110. But we are not in Kansas anymore, folks. And people do not have follow-through in their buying. It's teaching you something. When the bears are in complete control, and they've been in control for the better part of a month here now, maybe even two months, rips get sold. And this thing did everything right, said everything right, and the market sold the stock off and took it red. That is unbelievable because this was a really good quarter. I'm not saying the market is wrong. I'm saying this is why the bears are in complete control. And the market obviously doesn't believe that Royal Caribbean knows what the hell they're talking about. 
They are saying, no, we're not buying this. We don't believe what you're pitching us here. We think it's going to slow down in 2024, or they would be buying the stock. So the market not buying what RCL is trying to sell them. I, I like the area that it bombed at a couple days ago. There's uh, three or four lows right in that area uh, back in May, 78 and a half to 80. So you have an identifiable area here. Kind of instead of it just bolting out of here, I'd like to just kind of have a couple quiet days, maybe consolidate above this low. And then if you get a, a break out of the consolidation to the upside, um, I just just fundamentally, and then we can move on from this thing. Uh, you know, you had look at the bottom month chart. You had you had COVID, right? And who the hell was going on a cruise and booking cruises yeah. twenty, right? And then you had everyone like, I'm getting the hell out of the house. I'm going on a vacation, you know. Yeah. And 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 you had a big rally. And then you know things got you got a bear market in twenty two that hurt things. So there was a lot of like a lot of pull for a lot of people are just getting out. There's got to be some kind of normalization. Right. It's not COVID. It's, you know, so there's no one going and everyone's not going. You know, maybe people I mean, the geopolitical things are not helping it, but maybe it's just going to get back to just a little normalcy, you know, normal bookings back to they were in 2019. And then it's, they're not uh, even it's, talking about that, though, Joe. They're, they're talking, talking about better. Better. They're talking about record buckets. Yeah, I think what it is. This also isn't even is... talking about like they're like killing, and they are. And this isn't like this is a fact. They're killing it right now. They're killing it. The question is, are they going to continue to kill it? Money, Mitch. What are your thoughts here? I mean, you're quiet in the background mm -hmm. here. This stock encompasses so much what we're talking about here because Everything. the consumer is still strong right now. This is showing the consumer strength here. The question so one thing is, that I would say, uh, especially about cruise lines, right, is that when you reserve your cruise line or your cruise that you're looking forward, do you do it one week, a month out? No, you're usually doing it like yeah, six months in, in advance. advance. In and advance. so that's one thing that I would say about this, right? We're, we still need to go through that demand first. And I think that you'll start seeing the real destruction next year on this stock. And so for right now, at least the way Royal Caribbean is, things might be looking good underneath the hood. But they just don't want to tell you what they expect on demand coming forward, really. Because what they're least, talking about next year, Mitch. They're talking yeah, because they have they have like six months out probably that they're seeing right now, and at least six months out, things are still fine. I think underneath the hood for Royal Caribbean. Because I was even it, looking at taking like a cruise in like May and March, and I was looking at this back in July. So if you booked it back in July, that was at the top of RCL. And now you're starting to see that leak come in. I think you'll see it. It'll just take a little while longer on the Royal Caribbean. Uh, Dennis, the, the quarter was job. fine. It's yeah. ridiculous that they took this red, to be honest. It is ridiculous. It is Still starting is, to pop yep. up here a little bit right now. I'm having some um, internet issues, guys, so you lose me. Okay. Oh, sorry. I, 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 I'm not trying to predict where Royal Caribbean is going to go here today, though. I'm just saying that Making this a point. is a point where the bear market is in control here. That they can take this thing red. In a normal market, this would be up five, six bucks on this for fun. It's just not normal markets anymore. And let's go grab Mark Chaikin because I think you'll have commentary here too. It's concerning when they're tanking stocks on good earnings. But again, are we getting oversold? That's why I want to bring Mark in here. What's Mark think? Let's bring him in. Give me a second, guys. I can't get any, I can't even get my computer to work here. Uh-oh, internet issues. Well, me and Joel are still going here. Hopefully, don't lose the show because Mitch is running it. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I'll switch yeah, to I, Joel, but I, I might need I, to just I, back out and close my Okay. Well, I, we'll let Money Mitch figure out I'll stuff be right in back, the background guys. here. I'll be right back. I mean, let's talk Muhammad Alarian here this morning, too. He was on CNBC. We love Muhammad Alarian. Have we ever had Muhammad on the show? I think we did. We had him, like, years ago. We should reach out because I love Muhammad Alarian. Um, I think CNBC sometimes has exclusives on this stuff, and then they fight you when you try to go get them. But um, let's see if we can get I got a, I on got, the show. I, I, got, I, got a, I got a confession to make. What? I, I, I have them on the schedule. Oh, ooh, awesome. CNBC hasn't blocked it yet. And, now we and, just told them, so they're going to block it. <laughs> yeah, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Um, we've been going, I mean... He answers his emails, man. I mean, he's very polite, and we've been going back and forth. So I don't have the date in front of me, but uh, okay. uh, I will. So we'll we're going to get Muhammad on the show, which is awesome. Um, I'll just summarize what he was saying on CNBC because there's certain people 
I would say I don't listen to 90% of the people on CBC. When Muhammad Alarian pops on, I unmute and listen to him. He is very smart and he follows the macro obviously better than anyone that you know, obviously very strong on understanding the economy. Um, saying a lot of stuff that I've been talking about. He's worried about a recession in 2024. He's talking about the consumer savings now being exhausted, which we've been talking about. Uh, he didn't mention credit card debt, but we can talk uh -huh. about that. We know it has soared. Um, he talked about interest rates being problematic, not only for the consumer, but for the small business. And this is the issue that you're going to have in 2024 is businesses getting financing, not just the consumer getting financing, but businesses getting financing. Interest rates are a serious, serious problem here. We need to stop having rates go higher. The Fed needs to stop for one. Um, Money Mitch is in the background, so maybe we can bring Mark Shake in yeah. and we're just setting this up. But uh, Muhammad doesn't see a rosy 2024. I don't either, but I just wonder how much is getting priced in already. Let's find out what Mark has to say. Mark Chaikin of Chaikin Analytics giving us his best uh, information at, every two weeks on Thursdays at 8.15 a.m. You're back from Italy. I am. Italy was wonderful. There are people on the streets. People are traveling. Florence was a mob scene. <laughs> Still uh, busy. Very busy. The airlines are, uh, in spite of the price increases, are booked. But uh, let's talk about this. this air let's stay with airlines. Like, stay with airlines. Yeah. Yeah. Because... Here they are. The airlines are still blocked and packed, higher fares, yet the stocks are getting killed. What is going on? Why are Jet the stocks fuel. getting killed if everything is so rosy out there? Jet fuel. It's the cost of their biggest um, raw material, biggest expense. You know, it's hard but, to go up when jet fuel is peaking. But I made fuel. this argument, Mark, about three weeks ago, and oil has stopped going up for the last month, yet American Airlines, Delta, all of them still going down in the last month. So I would argue the first two months of this airline sell-off was fuel prices. But now, fuel is stabilized, and actually oil has started going down, yet the airlines continue to go down every day. Why is that? I'm going to plead innocent on this one and segue <laughs> to the market. I mean, the airlines okay. are such a small market cap compared to everything else we talk about. But there is there are some big issues, which you were talking about uh, when I was in the green room. And it's, uh, it's relative to the market. I think you have three different markets here. It's sort of like the Republican Party this, in the House. There's three, <laughs> there's three factions. You've got the uh, tech stocks. So, so that's the QQQ. Now, they're down 12% from the high. But that's not bad. They're still holding above our long-term trend line. You've got the S&P, which is testing a 10% correction as we speak. And then you have the equal weighted S&P, which is the other 493 stocks uh, outside the Magnificent Seven. And interestingly, down 15%, almost 14% on, uh, from the high. Uh, breadth, as you point out, is oversold in terms of percentage of stocks above their 50-day and 200-day. And I got the first weekly oversold signal as of yesterday's price action in the RSP. We haven't gotten it in the S&P 500. So what do I think is going to happen? You're, you're going to breach that 10% down, which is uh, 4160, 4145 on the S&P close cash. That puts you into correction territory. Correction mode typically lasts three to four months. Guess what? We're three months in already. And we're still in that autumn panic zone. So I think we may see a 3% down day in here very quickly, given you know the uh, sort of blow up in some of the tech uh, response to the earnings. Uh, Facebook's turnaround in after overnight, I'm sure you talked about that, is pretty ominous. Yes. Uh, the hint of a negative quarter in these big cash cows is a problem. But here's where we are. Think of the tech stocks as the last bull standing. You know, they, there's an old saying that I'm sure you've used that a bear market doesn't end until the last bull throws in the towel. Well, the tech stocks, the mega cap stocks are the last bull in essence. And so uh, I think it's very healthy that Google and uh, Meta and some of these other stocks are reacting negatively to earnings. They're, gra they're great earnings, 
But this, in essence, is the last bull throwing in the towel. So I'm still looking for a bottom. But clearly, if we go into correction mode, anything is possible because that's a 10 to 20 percent decline off the high. And by the way, that doesn't mean that the quote unquote bull market is over. That's why they call it a correction. Mark, but I wanted yeah. I wanted to come in here. Of course, if you're seeing a correction, then you're probably not in the camp of global recession next year. Oh, I think we are going to get a recession, uh, especially if the Fed keeps rates above 5%. And it's really not the Fed keeping rates there. It's the it's the bond vigilantes. You asked me, uh, Joel, uh, two weeks ago, or Dennis, what would get you bullish on bonds? And I said, maybe 5% on the 10-year. Well, we're there. But the uh, bond bears don't appear to be letting up. So the market cannot deal with interest rates above 5% in my view. And so if that's if interest rates persistently move up toward 550 to 6%, then you're going to get a correction in the S&P, not the equal weighted of 15 to 20%. Now, I, I, I can't predict what the bond bears are going to do, what the macro numbers look like, what the geopolitical numbers look like. This is a, a messy time in the world, in the Congress, in the economy. So, uh, do you sell everything? No, absolutely not. Because if you do that, some miracle will happen in the market. Yeah, it does every time. <laughs> Can do it. So uh, uh, fire away with some questions. I see Joel. Do you think said, the yes, Fed, and, uh, I'm going to go first, Joel. I'm, I'm coming in for the steal once again, which I often do. Do you think the Fed should stop raising rates right now? I do. I think yeah, and I the, do too. the underlying inflation rate, if you strip out, there's three components of the inflation rate that the Fed have identified. Housing costs, uh, the sort of food and energy uh, components. And housing is a, is a lagging uh, effect because, and, and so if you look at their projections from either Zillow or the Fed of the current rental replacement cost, it's actually down near where they want it to be. So underlying, underlying interest, uh, inflation rates around 2%. But you've got all these overliers like healthcare costs, they can pop up in any given month. And they're very volatile. So uh, I do think the Fed should stop raising rates. It's crazy. You don't want to push us into what could be a hard landing recession as opposed to a soft. And anybody who tells you they know whether it's going to be hard or soft beats the heck out of me how you know that. Because you can, you can pick numbers to justify either side of that. You know, technology leads to uh, productivity increases, uh, the consumer stops spending, and they default on their loans. You can cherry pick anything you want to justify hard landing, soft landing, or no landing. Mark, uh, you know, we had some news today uh, about the, the strike. Um, and you talk yeah. about all the things that are going wrong and, you know, uh, uh, things are dragging. I mean, this Ford news, Ford settled the strike that's up tw uh, 26 cents GM. Uh, you know, is that, is that like a, you think that's a positive catalyst? It's going to follow through. I mean, I know the chicken power gauge is mm, mm, not no. positive. I, I, I mean, will it, what would it take? I mean. I mean, you're looking at so many things, rising prices, more expensive cars, a lot. But what, what would it take you in a good old hometown of uh, Detroit, Michigan? Uh, what, what, would, what could make you positive about the automotive sector? That's a really <laughs> tough question. I don't know. Nothing. Uh, okay. Okay. I, I don't know. Answer. I mean, you know, 25% increase in wage costs. That's the, that's the bottom line of the Ford settlement. That's not so fun. If you're managing a company, and I, I think they've got all these problems with hybrids and electric cars, and I don't think anybody knows where that's going to land. But, you know, in terms of the market, we've got some guidelines and, you know, they relate to various support levels along the way, including the uh, March bottom. Now, by the way, the equal weighted S&P yesterday closed below its March low. Not scary. Yeah. So, well, but then it may not be scary, Dennis. That's That was my point earlier. It may be that now with if the tech stocks roll over, if the FANG index, uh, you know, rolls over, that that's the last, you know, peg in, the, in a bottom process. I, I don't think it's scary that they've been leading on the downside. That's a fact we've known. All right. The... Um, 
IWM is is like a disaster. Yeah, it is. And and so I think if you viewed the mega cap tech stocks as really the safe haven because of the big cash flow pots that they generate, then throwing in the towel and starting to get oversold on some of those names, I think is how you make a bottom. So All right. One All name, right. one name I got to talk to Adobe yeah. still holding its uptrend, still bullish, great numbers, mm -hmm. AI beneficiary, cash cow, nobody can live without it. So at the right time, it's right on support here. I wouldn't jump in, but uh, you're going to get a waterfall at some point, one or two days down. And I would definitely be a buyer of Adobe. We've liked it for a long time. It's on two of our buy lists and it has been for quite a while. And so if you, if you have names like that, that you're watching, then don't worry about the market. Let the market come to you in these names. All right, I'm going to hop in here. Of course, I uh, just want to get it out there for everybody watching. We will be having GDP coming in at 8.30. Expected is 4.3. Prior was 2.1. Q3 Holy. expected to come in. So, uh, of course, that's a significant spike there. Um, what do you think about those numbers, Mark? And GDP, at least, not showing up that weakness just yet. Um, do you think we're going to start seeing these numbers start to decline? Oh, obviously, the Kansas City uh, Fed now uh, cast was at 4.9 about a week ago. So I wouldn't be surprised to see it a little higher than the 4.3. But, uh, you know, that's the rearview mirror. What What's going to happen? I don't know. Uh, it does. I think the consumer may be maxing out. But, boy, they've shown a proclivity to find a way to spend. And uh, Yeah. And that's that plus the tech. Uh, call it a, a tech, um, you know, uh, what do you call that? Capital spending boom because of AI. I don't think that's going to stop uh, because that's productivity. And you look at the various companies that are using AI and how they expect it to increase productivity from Amazon in the warehouses to uh, uh, Salesforce in their uh, optimization of customer data. AI is big and it's, I think it's the equivalent of the internet uh, in the late nineties and, and that's not going away. So you've got a lot of contra forces. So, you know, it, uh, that, and because of that, my bottom line is don't throw in the towel. And, and I can tell you what my mindset was yesterday when I saw the Facebook reversal, I called a friend and I said, how do I buy put options on the SPY, you know, at eight o'clock at night? And uh, I couldn't find a way in my brokerage accounts. Uh, Dennis, is there a way? No, I. You got to short. You have to short. You have to short the. Either. You have to short the future. So. Yeah. Mark, Mark, we got to. Or you get an IB that, account. Yeah. You can actually short spy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Can. But if if I'm thinking that way, then you may be closer to a bottom than you think. <laughs> Mark, we got to let you hop. We got GDP coming up. Mitch is going to give us a preview. Mark Chaikin, founder of Chaikin Analytics, joining us here on Pre-Market Prep. Mark, always a pleasure. We'll dial you up in a couple of weeks. And for me as well. Thank you, boys. Thanks, Mark. Have a good one, Mark. All right, let's get back to the markets. How are we looking before this print hits, Joel? We're off Setting the up low. And getting ready. I'm going to the background yeah. for a minute or two. Yeah, go wide. Go wide, Dennis. May 5th low. Uh, okay. It was, uh, you know, you can find it. I gave up trying to find numbers under 4,200. Your May 5th low comes in at 41.70 and a quarter. That's an absolutely must hold number. I don't think you get it. I don't think you get the jets to the upside here until you clear 41.88. First move, initial move is down. It's down. The, they hit it a quick 10 points here. I don't even know if the number's out here, uh, but they're down. They're trying Q3, to get a bid. Go ahead. Q3 at 4.9 um, is what I'm seeing right now. Yeah, 4.9 uh, in the third oh. quarter, according to the advance estimate in the second quarter, real GDP increased 2.1%. So Q3, we're getting a 4.9 reading. Uh, pretty good jump there, right? I mean, I'll show you guys this right now, but not, not bad there on that reading. Uh, big jump there, and I'm looking for here. Ah. Yeah, confirmed. I had an estimated 4.3, confirmed 4.9, and ah. I'm getting it straight from the website here, guys. So I can show you guys that. Now I'm going to look into the current release to see what's showing up here and why we're at 4.9. 
Oh man, I I was looking for the dip. I hope they I was hoping they were gonna take it to the pre-market low and they didn't. So I'm a little disappointed in that. I now I just talked they did give a dip. I don't know what someone hit this on, but they hit it on something. And now you're popping back up. Uh 41.88. It's thin up here, folks. The offers are gonna be a little bit thin. So if you you know, if you're like, oh, I'm just gonna stay short, you know, I'm just gonna ride this puppy down to zero. There's not much in here, but 41.88, the only reason I'm giving you that number, that's mid-range on the session. If you could get back above that, boom, maybe take a look. The pre-market high, we had a lower open at 42.04.50, so that was five, six bucks below the closing price. A little bit longer term today. I know I'm talking some short-term technicals. If we could just get back above 4,200 today, All right, yeah, 4,200, I think that would be like a minor victory for the Bulls. But right now, you got a little pop. And off that pop, you came short of the 41.88, only going to 41.87 and a quarter. But looks like you got some, uh, looks like you got some bids out there. I'm looking at the stocks here, see how they're reacting. Uh, they, they, some of them are off their lows, but I think they're letting the spoos do their, uh, their shake and bake first here before they make the move. Actually, the equities are, Really not moving up. Apple's not even trading here. Down eighty cents at one seventy thirty. So they're waiting for the liquidity they've to come to, up, Joel. They, they a have bit? come up a bit. Yeah, okay. they've come up a little bit. I mean, they're going to track. Like obviously, the the high frequency traders are all over the arb to a certain extent at eight thirty in the morning. The initial flush, like you said, I don't know what, what they were that? doing on the flush. Well, people looking and saying, "Hey, the spin." And if you want the spin, is like yes. we're hot. We're hot. That means. They're not going to pause. So yeah, initial I mean, jobless want, claims. The market wants lower rates. That's the spin. I'm not saying that's what I'm saying. I mean, there's <laughs> a lot of good things to take out of this. Initial jobless claims coming in at 210,000 versus a 208,000 estimate prior being 200,000. Finally, seeing a little bit over that estimate for initial jobless claims, maybe something that weighed in on that first reaction. Well, we had PCE price index two, and that was up 2.4% versus the estimated 2.5%. So that comes in light too. A lot of good news here from the economy, really. A lot of good news. Um, and, and I think that this is not what, what we haven't been said that. I don't think any of us has said that the consumer's already strapped, right? I think we're saying that we're getting to that point. Well, that's what we're trying, me and you, Mitch, have been saying January, you know, they're going to find money <laughs> to spend. I mean, there's no doubt the consumer has continued to spend. Things are busy. I mean, look at, you know, what the economic what data Mark is. Look at, like what, yeah, so so what, what Mark... is happening? Like, you, you, we've got to analyze. I mean, stocks away from the Magnificent Seven have been slaughtered in the last two months. Slaughtered. I mean, you know, RSP, go to the equal weight. We were 155 in August. We're 135. Well, that's 20 points down on 155. Don't worry about a correction. It's there. We're down 15% in two months on the equal weight S&P. Is that right? 15, 20? Not quite. Yeah. 12, 12 yeah, and a half. 12 and a half percent we're down in two months. That's why I'm saying is if you're getting bearish at this point in time, you are selling in the hole. We are pricing in a lot of bad news. Of I've bad been stuff. bearish. I've had a lot of cash in my long-term portfolio. Rightfully so. Whatever stock I had in my portfolio, besides maybe a couple you know, that have held up, has been crap. And the reason is that all stocks have been crap in the last two months. So are we at a point, I'm posing this to the chat as well, are we at a point where we start putting some of that cash to work? I don't know. I think it's going to be a rough 2024, but do we get an end of the year rally? Should we start bottom, you know, just looking around or do we wait until we get more information? I don't know well, the answer to that. Well, here's another thing, too, that you got to take into consideration. So the Ford people are going to be getting more money, right? And, you know, that that that's not going to be great for inflation or anything like that. But if they're making more money, they're going to be spending more money, right? Yes. Yeah. So that's that's good overall that's a good thing you know if if we have inflation under control which is the the $64,000 question but if people are going to be making more money then they're going to be buying nicer stuff they're going to 
you know, I'm not sure they'll be buying big ticket items, but they're, you know, they're, they're going to be happy. They're going to be, maybe they're going to be investing in the market more. Maybe they're going to be doing different things with their money. They're going to learn from their experiences. So that's just, that's just one way to look at it. We did get to 4188. Um, we are, uh, still 18 handles in the red. So it's a it's a tepid rally. It's just let's talk about the Ford deal for a second. Ford, you brought Ford. It up. Okay. I brought let's it. Let's talk up. the okay. Ford deal, then we'll get to Meta. Meta is coming, folks. We've still got 25 minutes. We've got all the earnings, but we might as well start with the Ford deal because it does have a tentative deal in place. It has to get ratified, but it looks like we've got a deal for Ford. The United Auto Workers have reached a tentative agreement with Ford, potentially ending a six-week strike. The agreement is described as historic and includes 25% general wage increase, raising the top wage for workers to over $40 an hour, an immediate 11% wage increase upon ratification. UAW President Sean Fain indicated that the negotiations with GM and Stellantis are up next as they've yet to reach a satisfactory contract. The strike, which began in mid-September, aimed to secure better compensation and benefits for UAW members. The workers at GM's Arlington Assembly Plant recently just joined the strike. So, great news. We knew a deal was coming. We knew we would get a deal pop. There was no doubt we're going to get a deal pop. We're getting it. I think people are probably very disappointed in this pop. Seeing it up 20 cents, I think I'm not surprised. I think we're going to have major problems for the automotives in 2024. I think their margins are going to be squeezed because of not only increased wages, but um, and the other end because of decreasing demand. And I think we're going to see where these PEs look like four or five start to look actually higher, despite actually the stock prices going down, because I think you're going to see a lot of people not buying new cars in 2024. So this is one area I would absolutely stay away from. Don't get caught in the value traps. They've been value traps. I think Ford could eventually be single digits here. Sorry to be the bearer of bad news. I'm looking in areas, but not these areas, because I think the big ticket stuff is going to have a really rough 2024. And that's by that, I mean new cars. Well, and also, you know, the financing end is working against it, right? That's the whole reason, Joel. I mean, nobody buys, nobody pays cash for a car anymore. Nobody has cash. Nobody has money. Yeah, the rich, the ultra rich. And this is a good conversation. (laughs) The The ultra rich spend. The The ultra rich spend no matter what. You know, you don't have to worry about the ultra rich. They're going to be spending. It's that middle class that finances everything. And then they look at their car payment and it's not 0% financing anymore. It's eight, nine, eight percent, nine percent financing. Yep. It's too much. They can't afford this it. Is, and, and then the car prices have increased substantially. You do that math, and like the Cox Automotive gentleman had said, you've priced half of the population out of the new car market. Yep. And you're going to continue to price more people out of the new car market if rates continue to go up. So I think you've got to just look here and say these are value traps. They've been value traps. If you've been bullish the automotives, you have been dead wrong. Is there a point where they turn here? Maybe. You know, today is going to get you know a big test for it. You know, can it hold on to the gains, or does the market say, "Oh crap"? Now we have margins getting squeezed, and we know you know that it's going to be not a great 2024 for demand. So I think the rally eventually does get sold. I don't know if it gets sold 20 cents up. I was hoping for a better rally than that to sell. So I'm epically disappointed it's not rallying further. I was hoping for like a 5 6 7% pop, and then I was going to short into it. But the, the, the pop's so weak, I'm not even sure it's going to get any legs here. Yeah, and um, one thing that I want to point to, and I'm just going to bring in some talk that's with Southwest Airlines on this, because it's about wage inflation and what we keep seeing with labors. Um, and so just recently released last night after 4 p.m., Flight attendants will have the opportunity to vote on a new contract. So Union Local 556 uh, for the airlines that nearly has 19,000 flight attendants that works with Southwest Airlines is working on another contract. This is what I think we'll start seeing from every single union in the country. They're going to be asking for more because more is asked. And more is given, baby. So this is what they're going to be doing. They're going to be pushing and pushing for these raises. And that might sound better for maybe the workers themselves. But the truth is wage inflation starts to kick in. And if you want inflation going back to 2%, you're going to have to stop this. 
there, that is, and inflation is going to be sticky. Wage inflation yeah. is very sticky, yep. and wage inflation will drive prices higher across the board. People want to be paid more because they perceive everything going up, and they don't even believe it. You know that if it comes down, there's still people are going to be saying, "I'm paying more for stuff." So it is a spiral. This is it. Yeah, this I is agree. what the spiral the is. Paul. Paul, you're correct. And that's what the Fed is dealing with. And that's why the Fed has kept their foot on the gas pedal. They know that eventually it's going to come down hard. I think the Fed secretly knows they're probably going to get a hard landing here. And you look at GDP at 4.9, you say, what the hell? You know, there's no way that's you're getting a hard landing. landing. This is soft landing written all over it. But the stock market is actually telling you something else. The stock market is saying, no, we don't believe it. And we think it's going to turn. It's going to turn hard. Uh, Dennis, I don't know what you had your eye on uh, right at the close at the conclusion of um, after hours trade. Oh, no, it was before that because you did get a pop to 1216 on a couple hundred thousand shares. Yeah, you did. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, it did. Uh, right before the close on the deal news, it popped up. Yeah. The algos, man. They're like, oh, yeah, deal, yeah, bye, yeah, bye, yeah. bye, 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 bye. <laughs> um, yeah. So now, because I, it, it's weird. My, the Wix didn't show up like that. Uh, I mean, you're right. I mean, this is like a, a muted bounce off. It is very ratified. Yeah, very muted. This was uh, the reason that so many bulls in the automotive are saying, well, it's all the strike. We are down so much because of the strike. Well, the strike's no. ending. You got a 20 cent pop. That's telling us that there was a lot more reasons for this sell off than just the strike. Uh, I'll just keep an eye short term here on uh, the trio of highs at uh, 11.75. And we're above that. So we hold 11.75 bid. And I'll just buy a bunch of paper at 12 bucks. You know, people that just were buying the dip, continuously buying the dip, looking to get out. But yeah, you're up 29 cents. You're up on 1.3 million shares, so I don't think you're going to get this. On, if it came in unchanged on a day trade, oh, I, I I would like it unchanged on a day trade. Don't think you're going to see it. Let's see if we can clear 12 bucks. S&P's slow no roll, roll north here, down yep. 15 and a half handles. Thin offers out there, and that's that's what I was looking at, that little whoosh. I thought they were gonna, I was looking for a little bit lower of a whoosh. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm Oh, I wish they would have hit it just a little bit more. Uh, but they you know, they don't hit bids, right, Dennis, when the market's going up. And uh, they lift offers, and that's what you got there. 4193 is your last print. And uh, let's – have we done uh, – have we done uh, Meta yet? Any earnings? We're going right uh, to it. Meta earnings, Q3, EPS. What are we doing? No. What are we let's doing get, for 40 Let's get minutes. to the roller coaster. Meta, Q3 EPS, $4.39 beats the $3.63 estimate. Holy they do see Q4 revenues at $36.5 billion to $40 billion versus a $36.64 billion estimate. Sees fiscal year total expense at $94 billion to $99 billion. Daily active users up 5%. Facebook um, monthly active users up 3%. Uh, Meta saying that we expect 23 capital expenditures to be in the range of 27 billion to 29 billion, updated from our prior estimate of 27 to 30 billion. Where things got really shaky is that Meta expects Re Reality Labs to be at an operating loss to increase meaningfully year over year due to ongoing product developments and efforts of AR and VR. It looks like they've lost a reportedly $3.7 billion on operating loss on its latest financial report, primarily due to the decrease in Quest 2 sales. Of course, the Quest 3 is out, so that could also be affecting it here. Uh, but I did want to bring in a little extra from my man, Nick Brown, reporting for Meta. They said the word AI on the call 87 times compared <laughs> to 59 times last quarter. So they actually spoke about AI more this time than they did on the last quarter. Pump those stocks, man. Pump those stocks. Talk AI. Um, the fantastic numbers again. Much like the Royal Caribbean, nothing wrong with this quarter. Quarter was great. Everything is wrong with the market right now, which is why they're selling good stocks uh, or good earnings reports. And they just don't care at this point in time, which is why I keep saying it's getting a little bit too easy for the bears here. And I'm like not full on like, running around shorting stocks here right now i think we've got a relief rally in store here a relief pop a dead cat bounce call it what you want um meta was crazy so the bull battle was unbelievable here joel messaging me he's like did you see what meta did before the report so close to the 299 
Look at this yo-yo. Tanks 10 <laughs> bucks. Yo, yo. I'd it. 10 bucks before the report. Somebody just spooked. And I don't know if they saw something that they thought was the report, but it wasn't. Tanks $10 <laughs> in the report. So it goes down to 290. Then comes out with the report and pops to 310. Then immediately goes back to 290. You all see it in this all same bar. It comes all the way back down to 290. Then pops all the way back up to 315. I'm not joking because I was watching the whole thing. And then they come out with guidance and it pops on and falls all the way back down to 287. So if you're keeping track, it was here. It goes down to 290, up to 310, down to 290, up to 315, and back down to 290. Yeah. That is a yo-yo market. How do you trade something like that? Let's be honest. Bait that would scare man. the hell out Bait of me, it all. man. If I was looking at it. it. Yeah. I was looking at crushed. it. I'm yeah. like, it's out. It's out. Where's the report? Where? I'm like, where's it out? Where's it out? There's a leak. Wait, wait a second. Then it tanks down to 290, and I'm like, it's not out. Someone, and then like Dennis, you get <laughs> and like, then an well, extreme beat. Yeah, I, 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 I thought I could see Dennis saying, "Well, they gave me a 10 point lead on the long side." I mean, what you know, but you yeah, had to no, be I would do that quick. normally. I, I would know, do that. but it, you had to be cat quick on it, to, yeah. um, you know, to be able to do it. I'll just um, make the numbers simple after all that, uh, all that talk there. What I find interesting about this chart is that whoever got the big sell order right after the yeah. bell, it went to 86.68, and then you just came down again to 86.28. So is that three-star support? No, but, you know, if I was sure, I'd, I'd like to see. If it, if, it have one, if it opens up and, like, all of a sudden, like, you're 287, 288, then you know you might have seen the the, pre, the low in the pre market session, but uh, that's the only thing standing out to me on the dailies. There's really nothing in that area as well. So that was a wild one, man. That was uh, that's good. And I just want to go back to you know we had Craig Johnson on last week, and Craig's given us a lot of you know good information over the yep. years. Uh, timing is of everything, and uh, though things are not playing out exactly the way he said. Um, if they are abandoning these big stocks and they are going to move into the, what does it, it looks like they're abandoning the big they're stocks. They're abandoning everything this, right now. Yeah. Yeah. But if you do get a, some kind of break in rate, you know, a pause in rates and you get a rotation and Dennis, you'll be the first one to identify it and, 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 you know, and share it with us and our listeners, their rotation, the rotation now is sell and sell. But eventually, the money managers rotate. So he did talk about the big caps coming off and maybe that money going to that, you know, making it a broader market rally. I, I feel rally. like it needs to happen. Like, I feel like we've, and again, we're going to go into more earnings reports here, but the macro is driving the bus on everything. It's like the earnings don't even matter. It's the macro is driving the bus. The rates are driving the bus and they continue to drive it. That's why we continue to talk about it on this show. I mean, I think it's just been too easy for the bears at this point in time. It feels like you sell the rip, you make money. And and I'm feeling it too. I'm feeling like I short stocks and I'm like, I'm I'm right every time I'm shorting stocks, like on a pop. And I'm like, it's too easy. It's never that easy. So whenever it gets that easy, it makes me cautious. So where I've been full on bearish, you know, if you've been listening to the show for the last month, I've been full on on the bear train. I think it's time to just be cautious here now if you're bearish. Not saying I'm going full in on stocks, but I think it's been too easy for the bears. And I think we're due for a little dead cat bounce, especially in some of these beaten down names that are relentlessly sold. You know, like, you know, when are the airlines going to pop? I mean, it's just a perfect, you know, Jeff Mackey purple crayon downtrend that just doesn't even have a blip up. It's just some simple Simon. I mean, Royal Caribbean, too, trying to pop here a little bit. What the hell was wrong with this report? They said everything right. I mean, if you believe anything in fundamentals, the stock should not have been red. I mean, and now it's starting to lift here a little bit. It's been too easy for the bears. So I think the time to be bearish has passed us. I don't think, like, I'm not saying, you know, I'm going in here and buying stocks here because I think it's too early to get full bullish. But I think it's time to stop shorting stocks, at least for, and I, I still, I short stocks every day and I buy stocks every day, but leaning to the short side. I think it's time to stop leaning to the short side, at least in the short term. It could be rough in 2024. We may go a hell of a lot lower, but I think we got to just start to like cool it with like, oh yeah, this is, you know, I have short stocks. And I think you're eventually due for a dead cap bounce here. 
But we're going to get a dead cat bounce right now. We're 24 handles off that pre-market low. Uh, gunning for, for uh, to get green. Maybe get green on the session today. That'd be uh, a, ni a nice little turnaround. Still got 14 and a quarter handles to go. But the the complexion of the market has changed. Like yesterday, you're throwing bids out there. You're getting you're getting you're getting hit. You're throwing bids out there. You're boom buying. Ooh, boom. Oh wow, I got that. Oh, I got to get today. Now you got to be scratching your head and say, crap, like I just like I was, I was too cheap on that number. I wanted to get near the low of the day. That's what I wanted them to hit it to. But you know what? They did get to the low of the day. It stopped five, six handles off it. So the cheapies out there that did it by yesterday are like, oh, man, I should I should have just stuck with that bid. Or the more patient investors say yesterday was a really bad day. We're probably going to get some follow through. Now, I, you know, especially for the bigger buyers, like let's say, and then this is just like an example, let's say someone wants to own a quarter million of Apple under 172, but they, they didn't, they didn't put the order on a desk, you know, and they said, you know, let's see what happens with Meta, you know, I want to own it before earnings, you know, that's not a huge amount, you know, that's a decent amount of stock, but now a trader on a desk has that order and he's licking his chops, you know, because he knows he's due a fill. To this person at you know 172, he's going to get him a much better price. So a lot of different ways you can look at the market. Dennis, good call on Royal Caribbean. Now that is uh, on the move. Toronto, Dave, with a great question. If you have a 12 to 14 uh, month horizon, you know what are you looking at? And then Toronto, Dave is in his late 40s, kind of like Dennis. I think people like you and Dennis and Mitch, I mean, we could talk all these bearish things and stuff. That time horizon isn't long enough. So the 12 to 14 Yeah, months, I would still I be bearish. should be lower in 12 to 14 I would still months. be bearish in that five time to frame. 10 years. If you have five to 10 years, I'd be buying some stocks. Yeah. I'd yeah, be yeah that could work. Stocks. Five that to 10 work. years, I'd be buying some stocks. And then you'd have to use kind of like a, an average down strategy, maybe even time that strategy quarter by quarter as you go lower and lower. Um, now, one thing that I wanted to get to, of course, is IBM's report. So let's get to that Q3 adjusted EPS, $2.20, $2.13 estimate. IBM Q3 revenue, $14.75 billion, beat the $14.72 billion estimate. This has been hanging on a trend line on that monthly report for a good while. Look at that monthly chart. Can IBM start getting going today? I know I'll be watching <laughs> on what you're talking about, Dennis. Um, one stock for me that I'll be watching, of course, is Microsoft. But IBM already looking good here. Yeah, it's holding on to its gains, which is good. It's value tech. I mean, they have a pretty decent dividend, too, of 4.76%. In a 5.5% environment, it's not great. But, I mean, it's a sleepy AI play. I've been talking about this play for a while, and it's come down here. Maybe money, Mitch. Maybe we got to start buying the sleepy AI plays here. Like maybe I, I, I'm, I'm torn. I'm scared about really Nvidia's report. I'm scared of Wait, Nvidia's Dennis, report. Dennis, watch your offers here. You might be getting uh, picked off here. Yeah, yeah we're trying thing, to rally. Dennis. We're oversold. Yeah. Oh, we, look at Microsoft. Be... It looks strong right now. Well, Microsoft uh, got upgraded today too. Ooh, that um, help. And uh, full disclosure, I I do have a um, I have a small long position in Microsoft, but it's a trade. Ha -ha. Sell. I'm selling it. No, but I'm it. selling it today. It's, it's a, a hedged position, which okay, is no not a not a flat out long. The IBM here. It was a decent report, but I I just look at this chart going back to 2016, and I don't know what the hell to do. I mean, you know, it's it definitely has not been. It didn't participate great in the rallies. It over, it over underperformed on the declines. I mean, I mean, if you one fifty, if they're saying ever clear, I guess maybe on this rally there's room up to one fifty. But I think if you out, what you need to do is just establish a one fifty bid here. I, IBM just a tough stock up two forty four on a decent report. TLT rallying here too, folks. We haven't mm -hmm. mentioned it yet before we go to the next one, but that is helping. We were down. We we'll rallied about that. a buck here. Uh, bouncing off of the Ackman bottom, 82.42. Where did we get to today, Joel? We just maybe potentially put a double bottom in here. We were just under 83, I saw. It. Didn't quite get down there. We're calling it the Ackman bottom because that's what it is. That's Bond what it is. hate it when I said that, but he turned the market. It was the Ackman bottom in the bond market, and it's still intact. Oh. So it did not get breached. It is still intact. So the Ackman bottom is still intact. We will call this the Ackman bottom until the Ackman bottom is no longer a bottom and TLT makes a new low. Yep. 
you know what? I haven't done this in a while. I haven't uh, uh, wrote on the charts in a while. I've been lazy. And uh, I'm going to make this. I'm going to edit the text. I'm going to do it live here. I'm going to make it bold. <laughs> and we're. Oh, I just wait. Hold on. Hold on. Uh-oh. Hold uh-oh, on. uh-oh. Technical troubles here. Ah, <laughs> uh, you guys don't think I know how to do this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there we go oh, Joel. i will be Good there joel will erase go. that when no. we make a new low yes 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 they will get bill on the show i will tell you yeah get had, billy boy on the show i i tried dennis i, I, I something had, you said I think, no to us? I think you, dennis i think you said something once which wouldn't be out of the ordinary come on uh, yeah I I something i said negative about <laughs> billy boy yeah <laughs> Oh, Dennis. And they said no. They're like, yeah. they looked through the history of free market prep and yes. said no. Oh, that Dennis like said it. some negative stuff about Billy Boy back in the day. And Ackman, Billy let's be Boy. honest, you had a rough three or four years back there about seven or eight years ago. You were making a lot of bad calls. So you've been, you, you've turned it around. You've totally redeemed yourself. Please come back on. Look, I'm begging you, Bill. We never we like got you him now. on. You've we totally redeemed yourself. You're out of the Kathy category. Kathy will never come on my show. Although she does come on some Benzinga shows. But Billy Boy, we want you on the show. You know what? I do get the, his um, his administrative assistant to say no. So, I mean, you know, I, like, I don't... <laughs> At least you, know, you try. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you got to figure out what the email is. And then, you know, it's pretty easy to do. But, uh, uh, you know, maybe if he's he, he hearing, hearing us right now, maybe... Maybe he'll want to. He has a, He comes on CNBC occasionally, but yeah, he he's really come back. But eight fifty seven. We've done two earnings reports so far. Um, Mitch noticed uh, a good. It. Yeah, what is that? It. Do we want to get like one or guys. two more in? So grab wrap, your favorite. Uh, we'll we'll cover some of these on live trading next. Uh, we'll, we'll wrap up the show with. We'll wrap up the show here, guys. Um, oh, and, and the, the truth is, we can't get through all the earnings reports, right? Amazon some Intel people tonight, talk- folks. Amazon Intel tonight. Yeah, that's the major Ooh. thing I would focus on. Instead of worrying about reports today, maybe focus on those two stocks today. See if they can get the lift before going into the earnings. Um, what do you think about those charts at least set up here? Oh, man. Oh, man. Amazon's <laughs> been getting wrecked lately. So Yeah, my wife that, is that actually sets in here. Account. One of the uh, only Magnificent Seven that I own indirectly through my wife's RSP. Um, it's coming in now. I wanted to sell it, but I was like, I got to hold something. I got to hold one of the Magnificent Seven, so I've been holding on to Amazon. But oh, I, I, it's coming a little bit, but scared. Still having scared, a good scared. year. I mean, it's still having a good year. I mean, it started the year at 84 bucks, and even at 120, I mean, it's having a – I mean, we, we lose perspective on things because we get so caught up on the sh- you know the short term, but it's still having a, a, a hell of a year. But, um, you know, 80, wow, that had a 60-point rally. So, thir- I mean, if if you're looking to add this long-term, 110, 112, I don't know if it's going to get there off the, you know, the momentum of this market. But I think there'll be on a bad report or, you know, whatever, a good report that doesn't meet expectations and guidance or whatever, or if they say something negative on the call. Uh, the 112, 113 area looks interesting for Amazon. All right, let's wrap up the market here. What's the last outlook on the ES, Joel? What would you be watching? We're going green wise? today. We're going green today. I don't know when. Turnaround Thursday. Thursday. Not turnaround yeah. Tuesday. It's turnaround Thursday. I think we're going green today, too. I think the Bears have had it too easy. As a day trading hat on, I'm buying stocks right now. Not long-term investing because I'm still sitting with a lot of cash. I'm very happy that I am because... My stocks have been destroyed that I own, and I'm glad I didn't own 100% of them. Um, but day trading hat on, buying some stocks today. Okay. okay. All, All right. right. That's going to do it for us here on Pre-Market Prep. Like you always, forgot something, keep... Mitch. You forgot something. Oh, the guest. Guest tomorrow. Guest tomorrow. You see, you caught me. I caught you yesterday. You caught me today, baby. What What will we have on tomorrow, okay. Joe? Who's our guest? Uh, someone that you've never been on with before. Hmm. And Someone it's new. not, it's not going to, no, he's been on with Dennis and I, and it's, okay. it's not going to be like a supermarket, like stock picking extravaganza thing, but it's going to be a very interesting discussion with a very interesting guy, Dennis, Ian Weiner is coming on the show tomorrow. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. And he is, uh, 
yes, really interesting uh, uh, job, what he's doing now, and really applicable to um, what lots was going on in these markets. And he's just a super smart, super nice guy. And I just want you to know that uh, going back to uh, Brianna, Brianna got him on, but because of him, I've had Michael Pachter, uh, Joel Kalina, who used to come on, and yeah. just de helped develop our entire uh, Wedbush uh, pipeline there. So really lo looking forward to talking to Ian tomorrow. We're going out here. S&P's off the lows of the session. Trader so just messaging at. me, breaking news on Tesla. Um, I don't have that. Somebody just messaged what? me. So I don't know. I didn't I didn't look here yet. I'm just getting it from another trader. Tesla. Um, Tesla. Sorry. I, I didn't look here yet. So if anybody yeah, else has that anything. too. Okay. Maybe it's wrong. Trader just messaged me and said breaking news on Tesla. It is maybe moving. I'm wrong. It is moving. Yeah. Oh. And that's why I noticed it's moving. That's how we we'll notice, right? Out. We, we we'll look find... at the action, right? We'll, we'll find out in a couple minutes. Okay. Everyone, yeah. have a great day. Back with you. Uh, Triple D joining me on the closing print today. Let's see if uh, how things turn out to what we talked about this morning. As always, uh, have a good day. All right, guys. I'll hop you guys out of here. Have a good one, Dennis. Go do what you do best, my friend. Go get to the good. trading action. All right, guys, I'm going to wrap it up here and bring you guys over, of course, to the next show. We got live trading coming up next. And like I mentioned, if you guys want to cover the rest of the earnings reports, I'll cover those on live trading. Or you guys can stick, of course, with Pre-Market Prep Plus now to get you guys over to that live trading show. And let's see what we can come up with today. I'll let you guys know at least I have a swing on AU, and that's what I'll be looking at. Some gold today, maybe, as it's already getting the lift in the pre-market. We'll see if it continues rising. And, of course, I'll be looking for tech trades out there. Will we bounce today? Microsoft on my radar. Come find out what I trade today. Of course, trade the pool action. Check it out, guys. Coming up next, don't go anywhere.